الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأذن في الناس بالحج يأتوك رجالا وعلى كل ضامر يأتين من كل فج عميق سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصيفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم It goes without saying that the days that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us to be uh, a part of are the days of, of Hajj and it is you know, well thought to be a time of extreme sacrifice and it reminds us of the sacrifices that uh, that are embedded within our tradition from the beginning of time. So this is a time of sacrifice, although all times are a time of sacrifice, this is a time for us to reflect upon the sacrifices that we have made in the past and sacrifices that we seek to make in the future as well. If you were to think, for instance, the sacrifice of Hajj being a very difficult sacrifice, many people make tremendous effort and have to make tremendous sacrifices in order for them to be able to participate in the Hajj itself. It isn't that as easy as it is for many of us where we just, you know, we're able to book a package and hop on a plane and go perform our Hajj and come back. It's a very challenging task for many people, many, many people. And, and, and we see it when we actually go there and we see the sacrifices people had to make to go there. I remember my, my father would say that when he performed Hajj back in the 70s and he had gone from India at that time, uh, there wasn't the convenience of, of flying. So they used to take a uh, a ship from India all the way into wherever the, the entry port was, maybe Jeddah, I'm not, I'm not sure. And he would say that it was very difficult. It was a three-week, four-week, maybe even longer, arduous journey you know, across the sea. And he's like, throughout the process, people would become very sick, you know, seasick, of course. There'd be, you know, diseases just plaguing the ship. You know, people would pass away, you know, and, and uh, several, multiple people would pass away in the journey, going, just, you know, traveling by ship to get to their destination. And they used to, you know, uh, they used to uh, take the bodies and they used to, you know, uh, drop them overboard. And uh, this was the way the journeys were not too long ago, you know, 30, 40 years ago. This is how the journey of Hajj was uh, at that time. You know, people uh, used to walk, you know, for, for several months on end, you know, several, three, four, five, six months they used to walk or go by, by camel, you know, or even just walk so that they can perform the Hajj. Tremendous sacrifices are made for the journey of Hajj. And then the sacrifice that we make, you know, today, being away from the activities of the Hajj, Allah Taala has uh, through the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu we learn that, that we have to make sacrifice as well with the animal that we have to sacrifice at the time of uh, on the days following Eid. So it's a time that reminds us of sacrifice, sacrifices that, for instance, the Sahaba radiAllahu Taala had to make, radiAllahu Taala anhum had to make, so that we may be able to benefit from the Deen today. It wasn't that the deen just fell into our laps, you know, 1400 years later. It was a sacrifice of numerous people that were circling around the Prophet ﷺ. Sacrifices where they had to give up, 
you know, not only physical sacrifices, but social sacrifices, having to give up loved ones, having to give up family members, having to give up all these things, having to leave their homes, you know, countless or large numbers of Sahaba having to migrate to a completely different city. Why? So that you and I could benefit from the deen today. It's a sacrifice of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our beloved Prophet sallallahu made countless sacrifices so that you and I could be sitting in gatherings such as these today. And he will continue to benefit us even after we pass away. The Prophet sallallahu made tremendous sacrifices. Sacrifices such that there was, in his mind at least, there was no, there was no him. There was, no, there was nothing that he felt the need that he had to do for himself. He would make every effort on his own to go and propagate the deen so that it could reach us today. It wasn't about was he going to eat? Was he going to? It wasn't. Was he wouldn't be thinking in his mind? Am I going to have a full stomach tonight? Am I going to be able to provide for this and that? Am I going to be able to, you know, uh, to to be comfortable in this world? The Prophet sacrificed all of his comforts, all of his pleasures, everything that we can even imagine. It was there was no him. It was all about his ummah. It was all about us. It was all about us. In fact, on his deathbed, the word that would come out of his mouth was Ummah, Ummah, my Ummati, Ummati, my Ummah, my Ummah. It was nothing, it was, there was no concept of nafsi, nafsi, there was no concept of the self when it came to the Prophet ﷺ. Tremendous sacrifices that he and his family had to make. And that sacrifice dates back, uh, and, and, and it goes to, through all the Prophets. And of course, the Prophet that we consider, you know, that we associate this particular holiday with, or these particular sets of days with, are the sacrifices of Ibrahim salam and his family. The sacrifices that they, had, that they made for, ultimately for the benefit of, of, of the Ummah that we see today. How much sacrifice they had to make. The sacrifice that his wife had to make when, uh, or, or when Hajar salam had to make, when Ibrahim salam dropped him, dropped her off and his son Ismail in, in like the hot, uh, barren, barren land of, of what today is Makatul Mukarramah. It wasn't that he could have thought, you know, the hukum came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he had to drop his family off. Imagine the sacrifice that he must have had to have made. He wasn't able to, he, he wasn't, uh, they, they weren't thinking about their own comforts and their own luxuries. They weren't thinking, what would be the most comfortable place that you could maybe drop me off in? What would be the most, uh, uh, you know, the, the ideal environment in which, you know, I could, for instance, raise my son if I'm going to be here on my own? No. The hukum came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they sacrificed whatever they had they, whatever they had to, to, to preserve uh, or to follow that hukm of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tremendous sacrifice made by the family of Ibrahim salam. And of course, the ultimate sacrifice being the sacrifice of Ibrahim when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had ordained for him to sacrifice his own son. Sacrifice his own son. If there's one relationship or there's... If there's one relate, if there's if there's one person that a person would never be able to sacrifice, it would be their own child. It would be their own child. It just be, you could think it would be impossible because the bond between a father and a son, or you know a mother and her child, for instance, this is a bond that uh, until one experiences it, uh, or uh, there's nothing like it. The thought it would you would never even be able to fathom that thought. Yet the hukum came from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Hukum came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ibrahim salam tells his son Inni ara fil manam anni adhbahuk I saw in a dream or I saw in a vision that I was supposed that I am to uh, sacrifice you and Ibrahim salam says in response uh, so, so uh, Ibrahim salam asks him Fanzur madha tara what do you think? 
Right. And uh, and Ismail salam, you know, almost without hesitation responds right away, Ya Abati, if Almatumar, do as you please. You're making the sacrifice, I can certainly make that sacrifice. If you can sacrifice, then I can certainly sacrifice. Ultimately, we're doing this for the pleasure of Allah. Perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make me from amongst the people that are patient. Tremendous sacrifice that Ibrahim had to make when that, when that uh, opportunity had presented before him. It's a time of tremendous sacrifice and it reminds us, this is a time of tremendous sacrifice and it reminds us of the, of the countless sacrifices that the people before us had made. The countless sacrifices that the people before us had made so that we were able to benefit from the deen today. So that we were able to benefit and reap the benefits from, of the deen today. And so it reminds us that we too have to make sacrifice. For you and I, there's two types of sacrifices. The first sacrifice is sacrificing from those things that clearly take us away from Allah. Anything, any sort of sin that plagues our lives, any sorts of uh, 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 actions that we perform or thoughts that we have or lifestyles that we live that are clearly in disagreement with the way the Prophet used to live, we have to sacrifice that. We have to sacrifice it. And for each individual person, there's that, there, there are those two, you know, one or two particular things that are, you know, that, that are inherently wrong and they know are wrong, but they're having trouble sacrificing that from their life. But we have to take those things out. If the Prophet could take out everything from his life, sacrifice everything for the sake of us, then you and I can sacrifice one or two bad habits that we have. If the Sahaba could sacrifice their homes, could sacrifice their food, could sacrifice their families, could sacrifice everything for their deen and in particular for our deen, then you and I can sacrifice one or two bad habits that we have. So the first step for anyone attempting to become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to leave, is to sacrifice and leave those things that are clearly prohibited in our deen and leave those things that are, that are, that are clearly against the sunnah of the Prophet And there's no question about that. But even beyond that, for those of us that aim to achieve excellence in our faith, right, to achieve the, the, the upper echelons of our faith, just be able to taste the, the greatness of our deen and really attain proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the, the, then the sacrifice extends far beyond the sacrifice that I have just described to you. The sacrifice then extends to anything and everything that can take a person away from Allah. If you have an opportunity to do something, and it, although it inherently might, might not be wrong, it might not be you know, haram, it might not be against the sunnah for instance, but if it is something that will take you away from Allah Ta'ala, then you go the opposite direction. You go the opposite direction. You sacrifice it. We sacrifice whatever, uh, whatever in our life might be plaguing us or taking our hearts away from the love of Allah, then we have to get rid of it from our lives. Or we have to alter it so that it doesn't take over our lives. Things, for instance, such as the internet. Things, for instance, such as particular relationships that we might have. Things, for instance, you know, particular friends that maybe, you know, aren't bringing us close to Allah. Whatever it might be. Think about your own circumstance, your own example, and recognize that ultimately you want to become a true lover of Allah. And to become a true lover of Allah, the way Ibrahim salam was, the way the Prophet ﷺ was, the way the Sahaba ta'ala anhum were, and the way many you know hajis are today, to become true lovers of Allah, we have to sacrifice in a, a simil, uh, We have to make sacrifices the way that they had made sacrifices. And until and unless we can, you know, uh, we can bring that dogma into our lives, then then uh, then we've halted our progression.
Until and unless we realize that we have to sacrifice anything that takes us away from Allah. If there's something that can bring us close to Allah or potentially keep us at a neutral position, we always choose that path that will take us closer to Allah. If there are gatherings that we can attend uh, that will bring us close to Allah, then we, then we, take, then we attend those gatherings. If there, are, if there are opportunity for us to come closer to Allah, then we, then we take those opportunities. And if there are those things that can potentially take us away from Allah, or potentially you know, keep us in one place at a standstill, and not allow us to progress toward Allah, then we sacrifice that. Whether those things be gatherings, whether those things be devices, whether those things be relationships, whether those things be uh, uh, um, experiences, then we put those away in hopes that in sacrificing those things that 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 weren't commanded to be sacrificed, yet we sacrifice them out of our own desire to love Allah, then we can expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love us in return. We can expect to attain the ridada, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what the people before us did. They sacrificed whatever they had for the pleasure of Allah, and in return, they were given that pleasure of Allah. There was nothing more that they could have wanted but the pleasure of Allah. And they were able to attain it because they sacrificed anything that was غير Allah. Anything that was other than Allah, anything that would take them away from Allah, they went away from it. They abandoned it, they left it, they sacrificed it and removed it from their lives. And Allah Ta'ala in return granted them His pleasure. Allah Ta'ala in return granted them His pleasure. So these days remind us of this. And it's a time for us to celebrate. And on top of that, and perhaps uh, you know, equally as important, it's a time for us to reflect upon the sacrifices that we made in the past and the sacrifices that we need to make in the future. And, and, we can't, and, and, and someone else can't do this for you. Each person has to spend time on their own, you know, reflecting upon their state and their relationship with Allah. And think, what are those things that are taking me away from Allah? If there are things that are clearly against the tradition, or our tradition, then, we, then there's no question we abandon those. But then it requires deeper thought to think, what are those things that perhaps are not taking me close to Allah? And then we sacrifice those from our lives. And if we do this on a regular basis, then ultimately Allah subhanahu will be able to, uh, will be able to um, uh, receive the, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to recognize this, uh, allow us to recognize and learn from the sacrifices of, of Ibrahim alayhi salam and his family. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to, to learn from the sacrifices of the Prophet sallallahu and the people around him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to remove those things in our life and sacrifice those things that may take us away from, uh, that, 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 that may take us away from him and only allow us to be a part of those things that bring us closer to him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to ultimately attain uh, his pleasure. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين.